Here are the highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. Visit freetalklive.com for the full episode. With you in the studio tonight, it's me, Bonnie. Lori. And Nikki. And we have a guest named Mark Passio on to talk about his upcoming event. Mark, um, tell us a little bit, bit about Two Masks, Same Face, the occult origins of Nazism and Communism. Well, I just want to say thank you for uh, letting me come onto the program and uh, help to promote the event. Uh, this is an event that uh, I have had planned uh, for maybe about five to six years. I've been working on researching uh, the content of this upcoming all-day presentation, and I'm finally going to be delivering the presentation uh, this Saturday, October 21st, uh, at uh, the Exton Hotel and Conference Center. The presentation is entitled, Two Masks, Same Face, The Dark Occult Origins of Nazism and Communism. And it's going to be at the Exton Hotel and Conference Center in Exton, Pennsylvania. Uh, we uh, still have uh, invitations available for the event. Uh, it's a $60 private donation if you would like to attend in person. It is an in-person event not an online event, and it will not be streamed on the Internet. Uh, we will be recording it for later release. Uh, but um, um, you can still get invites at my website at whatonearthishappening.com, and you can also attend in person. Uh, uh, walk-ins are welcome in person on the day of the event because uh, invites are still available. So a lot of people might be confused or scoff at you if they hear you say, oh, the same force or religion or entity or group is behind Nazism and communism. Oh, those are totally different things. Uh, what do you say to those people? Uh, I say that they uh, significantly lack a whole lot of information that they have not been yet privy to, that they have not yet researched, that they have not discovered. Uh, I would say that they do not have the grammar in place for the discovery of uh, an accurate conclusion regarding that. Um, see, in, in the process of truth discovery, uh, there's it's a three-step process. This is known historically as the trivium, and this is something that I teach in the body of my work at whatonearthishappening.com. Most people are operating without the very basic building blocks that they require to discover what is true, or to be able to determine what is not true, what is false, what is misinformation. And basically, people don't have those building blocks of information. They have been either hidden from them, or people in their ignorance and thinking that they currently know all the information that they need to know, willfully ignore the information that is present uh, in their midst, and do not gather that grammar, put it all together to be able to analyze it in the second step of the trivium process, and come to an accurate, logical understanding of what all of that information means, and then in the third step, actually take action based upon the truthfulness of the information that they have gathered, and then weaned through and weeded out all of the logical inconsistencies of. So this is the true scientific methodology that almost everybody in the world, number one, doesn't know how it works. Number two, uh, doesn't have that process in hand and isn't actively using it. 
in the course of their everyday lives to determine what's true or not. And quite frankly, it's what sets the body of my work significantly apart from other people's work. And people can scoff all that they want. You know, the truth remains the truth regardless of what anybody's personal opinions or perceptions of the truth happens to be. There is still an objective, discernible, knowable truth that exists independently of human perception. And that's a huge body of my work, that there is objective truth. You know, to think otherwise is to fall into the modern cult of postmodernism, which is actually a big part of what I'm going to be talking about on, on uh, Saturday, uh, because postmodernism plays into specifically the communist ideology. And, uh, of course, the Nazis were uh, an early advocate of it because they wanted to make truth whatever they said it was in their society. So I'm going to talk about the commonalities of both of these forms of totalitarianism. And really, the only thing that's truly different about the way that they went about implementing their totalitarian regime is whether they work within uh, uh, national religiosity within one country or whether they wanted to conquer social institutions and cultural institutions and spread in an international fashion. Occultists are people who have deep and ancient knowledge about how the mind works, and the, the average ignorant masses of humanity know nothing about how their own minds work, and they could be easily manipulated, and a power differential can be created over the ignorant by the occultists of the world like child's play. It's, 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 um, uh, it's literally a child's game to them. It's barely a challenge. And I would say that is just a great pretty short uh, explanation of what the occult is because a lot of people when they hear this kind of talk they just think oh you're talking about quote-unquote the illuminati that's just yeah it sounds a little like woo woo to some people right right but if you explain it the way he did it's just knowledge about the self it's um ancient psychology then i think people might start to be able to open up to understand maybe there are things i don't understand other people understand it's not just like, oh, some witches in the forest are like putting spells on us. It's not just, oh, they're uh, pouring stuff out of, I, I believe they're doing something with chemtrails, but I don't know. Uh, I was going to say they're not just pouring some kind of dust on us and controlling us that way. It's it's a pretty easy to understand and to uh, recognize and see type of influence that someone could be putting on the masses. Yeah. And I think just in general, like in regards to everything, it is very naive to believe that like, oh, I I know all the answers. And I I don't know that that's just always been it it feels so naive to me. um, And to not at least open your mind to things that are hard to believe and listen to somebody else's experience. You are so far more likely to encounter occultists in Fortune 500 companies, government organizations, government-connected think tanks, financial institutions, medical institutions, law, science, technology, in every one of these institutional bodies than you are to find them in a a, a group of, uh, you know, crazy uh, acolytes like going out in the middle of the woods and playing death metal and sacrificing animals. That's not what the the modern occult is. You know, this is Hollywoodized and religious interpretations of what occultism is. Occultism is deep ancient psychology combined with 
deep knowledge of how the laws of nature and the real laws of science really function in our reality. And that has been, has been hidden from the average person as a mechanism to control them. Our, once it is converted, uh, knowledge, once it is converted into the ability to take action, is then converted into power. So that knowledge is what is used as the power differential over people. And what I'm going to be explaining in this upcoming presentation on Saturday is all of the occult organizations that actually led to the formation of both Nazism and communism. And they share all common ideologies. Their ideologies are almost identical in what they believed, in how they viewed the world, and how they viewed people, and in what they ultimately wanted to do to, in their terms, in their mentation, to transform society. And this is not something of the past. This is not something that happened past tense and is, is gone forever. This is something that happened yet is continuing to occur. They are continuing to, to leverage this knowledge. They are continuing to create new organizations and ideologies by which they hold brawl over all of humanity. Uh, the occult mentalities uh, that led to the formation of both Nazism and communism were never defeated. They were never uprooted, they were never exposed, and they certainly were never defeated. Well, um, so people, they can go to whatonearthishappening.com and then go to the um, gift section and give a $60 private donation to uh, go to your event where you're going to be talking about this. But what else would you want them to know about your work, just what on earth is happening in general? I would want them to understand that what I do differently than other researchers and presenters in this whole field of endeavor is I do not focus upon the 3D uh, everyday events that people see and respond to in a completely reactionary fashion. I set those things largely aside, and what I look at and what I explored is the deep and fundamental underlying psychological causes for the way that people behave. You will never, ever, ever change reality for the better by only focusing on the symptoms and the, the things that are already manifested because of the way people already have been thinking and continue to think. You will only ever change things for the better by getting down to the underlying root psychological causes of why people think and behave the way that they do. We have Dave Ridley. So, Dave, you're on Free Talk Live. What's on your mind? Hey, most people don't know who I am, so I guess I should call myself Dave in New Hampshire, at least. <laughs> oh, did <laughs> I just Dave say from Dave? Ridley Report. Sorry. You said yeah, Dave Ridley. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I, I don't I'm know, Dave. I think, I think people know who you are. Definitely a, a well, common enough caller, but yes, Dave Ridley from RidleyReport.com. So, um... Uh, I was calling about something else, but yeah, with regard to your guest, you know, in a sense, like that call sort of represents in some ways what's great about the, the free state movement is that you, you've got a guy who's calling in complaining about the occult and maybe he's right, maybe he's wrong, I don't know, but it's, he's calling into a show that has a co-host who's a Satanist, right? And he's still allowed through because we're supposed to have a big tent of free speech, right? 
Yeah, but um, I don't really think that the kind of Satanist Ar- Arya is into, which is like her religion, is really the same thing as what he's talking about. And he gets all into it if you go listen to his podcast on whatonearthishappening.com and go to po- uh, the podcast tab. It starts at podcast number one from 2010. And he just starts from the basics and builds you up. And he's basically putting you through like an occult initiation of your own Mm. so you can just understand all the stuff that he's learned over the years. And um, he's not really just talking about like, oh, people like Arya who believe in the seven tenets of Satanism. Well, you know, know, I I do agree with the sentiment of Mm -hmm. what Dave is saying. Like, it doesn't matter what you believe in. Like, we all have different beliefs and a lot of our callers have different beliefs. Um, And we do like to be a platform for um, people of different opinions and, and whatnot and different beliefs. Um, free speech and then but i also want to make a point about like satanism uh satanism is actually kind of i don't even want to call it like close but there i can draw a lot of similarities between a lot of what mark passio is talking about and satanism because a lot of satanism is about truth and freedom and like getting to the heart of what the real truth of nature and existences yeah Um, especially the the exoteric religion is like what is presented to the public that's what aria is you know when then i don't think mark usually uses the word satanist he's usually just saying the occult because it could be under any guys there are uh, occultists probably in your christian churches you know yeah probably and um absolutely what are they hiding at the vatican you know (laughs) yeah talk about a cult yeah (laughs) So, uh, Dave, um, yeah, that was that was one of the questions I was going to ask him if he had still been on is like what what his position was about Arya, you know, what she does, you know, being a Satanist, if he's against that or whatnot. But I only heard the last, you know, 10 minutes of his conversation. So you guys may have addressed that earlier. Um, well, I can't really answer that for him. So I, I don't think he uh, said anything about I mean, he didn't say anything about Arya, so. Yeah. Well, you know, we have a big tent, right? You go to Fort Porkfest, and there's not a, there's not exactly a large number of Satanists there, but there are Satanists at the same festival as evangelical Christians, and there's not right. a big problem. So that's an interesting. That's about as wide a divergence as you can can get in my mind. Maybe there's wider ones out there, but uh, it proves that people can get along. Yeah, and actually, Mark Passio was there, and so was Arya. So, yep, it does prove yeah. that. Um, so you were so, calling, oh, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, I was calling about, about Aaron Day's political candidacy, candidacy which I, my, my look at your archives indicated you guys hadn't talked about him much recently, maybe since March, maybe I missed something, but, uh, he's a free stater. I think to my knowledge, he is the first free, free stater who's mounting a serious Republican candidacy for presidency. I don't know. I I don't know the answer to that, but I would bet it. I would bet that's true because I haven't really heard stories of anyone else doing it. Yeah, and I guess his big thing. He's trying to keep it pretty simple, and it's just two two things basically. He's focused on trying to stop central bank digital currencies by drawing attention to them. Right. And he's also attempting, he's kind of trying to take the Erica Chanowitz approach where she, she says if he can get 3% of a population to do a thing, then, then you, your movement is sort of guaranteed success. Yeah. Um, in his, in his case, it's donations. So he says, even if you just donate a dollar, like it helps him possibly get on the belt. Is that what you're talking about? No, everybody does that. Oh. Uh, what he's asking people to do is more edgy 
and it's sort of like a he calls it a bank run, but oh. I think it's a little softer. It's a little softer than that. It's more like just getting people to gradually withdraw their money from banks and return it into cryptocurrency. So he's trying to get three percent of people to pull their money out of uh, banks, not on a particular day where it would cause a collapse or anything like that, uh, but just to get get them to pull their money out. Um, and, you know, I mean, I've pulled almost all my money out of my bank account many times, I think, already. So I'm sure it'll happen again sooner or later. One day I knocked on the door of a lady in Maine when I was trying to get people to vote for some candidate for Young Americans for Liberty. This is in 2020. And this woman, her answer, I had to ask them, like, what's the most important uh, topic or whatever, like, that you're worried about this election season? Like, and there was a list of things like, I don't know, taxes raising up and, and things like that. And she said, honey, my, I don't care about that stuff at all anymore because I'm just old now. I think it's up to the younger people to figure out these problems, and I'm not going to be here very much longer, so I don't think it should be up to me. And I was just like, kind of true. Yeah, yeah but that's all the people beast. that are making the laws. And Yeah, and I wish everybody in, uh, you know, all the elderly people in Congress or right. whatever, I wish they... Th- thought that way too me too instead of living in 60 years ago when they were relevant relevant and they're bringing all of that into now like none none Mm. your your outlook isn't relevant anymore the the babylon b or like fake news network uh made a post that was like family deciding whether to put grandfather on hospice or have him run for senate Oh my! God. And that was like probably the most accurate thing I've ever heard. And it's not like I think we should decide those people's lives. None of us here think that. I just yeah. want to be clear for yeah. the radio listeners. We should be running older people's lives. What we really want is for us to all be running our own lives. And it's just kind of a funny thought when you think about a lot of older people trying to tell younger people how to vote. And, um, you know, basically that is trying to run other people's lives, which is why I don't think any of us on the show do it. Um, well, at least I don't in the national election. I, I vote in the local election because it's something that seems more like you could change things. And actual libertarians run as Republicans in New Hampshire, which is why Aaron Day is here. He came here for the Free State Project, and he's actually running for president. And you can check out more about him at day2024.com. Anything else for us, Ridley? Well, if you think about it, you know, if you vote for a candidate and they win, you become responsible for everything they do and you'll have to live it down for the rest of your life. <laughs> I don't really think so. Do you? Yeah, I think so. I, I've voted for bad candidates in the in the past and I feel ashamed for it to this day. I mean, uh, I I feel b- bad sometimes when I think about the fact I voted for Trump pa- pause, or partially because of the fact I was literally bullied into it with the stuff I was just explaining. And also I was like kind of tricked. I started seeing all the stuff about how bad Hillary is. And like, if, if Trump doesn't uh, win, then, you know, the country is going to be like Sharia yeah, law. Yeah, the, the fear mongering. I mean, martial law is what I would say. Yeah. Um, just all this crazy stuff. Um, so I ended up voting for Trump, but I don't feel responsible for everything he ever did because human beings are responsible for everything they do. You know, I don't, yeah. I also don't love that like guilt. I I think it's important, you know, on like an emotional and a spiritual level to like release a lot of like self guilt of like anything, even if it was your fault of things in the past. 
in also like releasing responsibility of other people's actions. You know what I mean? Like I disagree. Sorry. She was shaking her head. I just don't think that anyone's vote actually matters. Whoever they want to be the president is going to be the president. So don't feel bad about it. That is a good point. (laughs) I I think that most of the time that it doesn't actually matter and that they just choose a president. Um, Based on whoever they... Whoever like, they draw out of a hat or whatever. And that's why I just can't possibly... <laughs> we, me I, and Stu call it WWE. What's on the season of WWE? Oh, yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, because like, none of it's real. Right? Yeah. None of it's real. It really looks like one of those guys. Like, you'd be like an <laughs> old guy, you know, yeah, that like Russell, be super WrestleMania yeah. or whatever. It's I think like, he did that before. We have uh, Donald Trump versus Hulk Hogan. Right, yeah. I think he did do that before, actually. It's starting to sound familiar. Like, he did one of those really fake wrestling things. And he, he just looks like one of those guys. But um, most of the time, that's what I think that like whenever people try to say Trump is obviously like trying to save the country because, look, they didn't want him. They The media was against him. They didn't want him. I think that that's just kind of what, quote unquote, they want you to believe. And for whatever reason, he served a purpose to them. And, and he was the one that they chose. Like, I don't think he was like some kind of really good president and we we were like lucky to not have hillary i think that they chose him and it's all just some kind of kind of like a ritual game i don't know it's predetermined you know i I believe that as well i mean either way maybe maybe your vote matters maybe it doesn't caller you're on free talk live hi uh this is zephan oh hey zephan hey zephan what's up uh not much um i just am calling to talk about uh over the past couple of weeks, uh, it seems like everyone's been uh, focusing on all of the negative stuff that's yeah. being done by uh, governments in uh, Israel and, and the Middle East and all of that. Um, so I wanted to talk about something positive that's being done uh, at this time, um, which is there's this really cool project called Crypto Aid Israel. Um, it's it's a nonprofit um, that allows for uh, people that are crypto enthusiasts to uh, not use the U.S. dollar um, to uh, donate to people that are in need of it. Um, so 100% of the proceeds go to support uh, rebuilding um, South Israel that has been destroyed by um, bombs and such. Aids for the uh, aid for the families killed um, and captured, and um, aid for the families of soldiers and first responders. So. Um, it's just a way for you to um, use non-murder uh, dollars that basically fueled this whole thing. I mean, like right. the whole thing is re- really mm-hmm. boils down to the military-industrial complex making a uh, making a quick buck. That's that's what it always comes down to. Um, so you you can opt out of that while also directly um, helping people. Because I I'm always skeptical of these like big NGOs and you know saying that they'll do what they say that they'll do, but Right. Um, I looked into this organization and it seems uh, pretty legit. And uh, best of all, like, you know, it's crypto um, right. and the government doesn't get a cut. It just goes to um, help uh, people that are uh, just the victims in all of this, um, like that, who I think have mostly been uh, overlooked because everybody is, uh, you know, digging their heels in whatever political camp they want to, which is fine. But you know, there are consequences to that. Yeah, I did want to ask you, like, if you had vetted it yourself, because that's just what I always think about these things, like whether it's Coney 2012, if you guys remember that. Oh, yeah, that was a big one. Just like tons of things, like um, even when Haiti had an earthquake in 2010, I think it was, um, 
there were so many things where you're giving money to them just kind of without paying much attention. And then, oh, it turns out that it was going to something really bad. I, I don't remember any details, but do, um, I know people can do their own research. But what did you find out as far as that goes for this one? Uh, I I did quite a bit of digging on this because, you know, I... I thought that um, Hamas was also using crypto, so I wow. was like, okay, let me make sure I'm not accidentally donating to Hamas. Oh, my um, God. But, but like, um, I, there were several uh, different websites that talked about um, this in depth, and the, it has the uh, support of, like, um, of tons of different uh, crypto organizations, um, like, like companies and, uh, and, like, nonprofit groups, so... Um, it's sort of like a groundswell of, uh, of, of like institutional support around this, which usually I'm also skeptical of, <laughs> yeah. but, but I'm, I'm, I'm much less skeptical of institutional crypto than I am of <laughs> institutional, basically anything else. Um, and that makes but, sense. But it yeah, is an amazing and- option for people who want to do something. Um, and I really appreciate you coming on and, and sharing this here because you're right. There has been so much negativity. Um, and even like depending on what, you know, social media accounts you follow. I mean, I've opened my Instagram a few times in the past couple of weeks to like really horrific things that I'm like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe this got past whatever AI is wow. is flagging <laughs> things like some really like graphic, horrific things. Um, and, you know, everybody's aggressively taking aside you know it's just it's it's how it usually is with war um and and obviously this is a terrible awful thing that's happening um but i don't think we need to get like sucked into all of the negativity in the fear-mongering in the division um, in, in like, the division yeah and that's a huge thing yeah like now the western world versus muslims just because a group exactly. called hamas did something i think the most yeah, important like they're thing- terrorists like and and i think to to group entire groups of people because of you know some some literal terrorists i mean i I just think the whole thing is absolutely awful um so anything positive and productive that can be done to help specifically um, the people the people caught up in in these government wars unscreened caller you're on free talk live what's on your mind hello um not much just i was just listening now um thank you guys for um Supporting, you know, the innocent. Oh, yeah. Well, thank you so much for for that. Um, Yeah, the people who are just living their lives and, you know, caught up in this war, I guess it is now in Israel. They're innocent people who don't deserve uh, what's happening to them. And yeah, I'm I'm always going to support the people over the government. Yeah, absolutely. It is it is kind of gross how people are even picking a side. Yeah. And something true. like this, you know what I mean? Like both, both sides are wrong. Both sides are government. And it's interesting to see a lot of like freedom loving people, like libertarians, um, you know, picking either Israel, like people, you know, I see a lot of people picking both sides. Um, and I think, I think both sides are wrong. And there was something I wanted to read earlier, but I just didn't get the chance to, but something, uh, a post I found that I actually thought I was going to get a lot of hate for posting this on social media. And I actually, a lot of people were very receptive to it. Hmm. Um, not like I mind making waves, even if I did get hate. I, you know, I'm going to post it regardless. But I do not stand with Israel. I do not stand with Hamas. I do not stand with Ukraine. I do not stand with Russia. I stand with the individuals who are held hostage by government. And that is exactly what is happening here. Hmm. This is government, you know, 
governments attacking other governments, or but really governments uh, attacking individuals. And there are a lot of civilian casualties, especially with the conflict that's going on in Israel, in the Gaza Strip, in Palestine. There are a lot of civilian casualties. That's why I find it so weird when people are like, oh, there's a war here that, you know, in Israel, and we're going to now hate people from Israel. Yeah. It's, like, it's what are the, the people did, there? Do yeah. you agree with what your government does? Do you agree with what your neighbor does? Like, yeah, do you like, agree what are their real around you? Yeah. Like, real Israeli people, I, they're innocent. You know what I mean? They're like, just it's individuals. It's the military people and it's the government officials, just like every single war, just like World War II, just like World War One. These are the people in power. These are politicians. These are governments making decisions Make, for everyone. Exactly. And, and um, it's always wrong. Hamas, I don't, I don't, I mean, it's not a government, but it's the same exact thing. It's a gang yes, of people yes. who have grabbed the most power in an area and they're causing really bad things happen to not only the people in Israel um, if, uh, since they bombed them, but also, you know, the power being turned off in, in the Gaza Strip and the water being turned off and mm-hmm. people yeah. can't even go um, to the hospital and get saved when they're getting hit by bombs right now because Israel, the g- government, is turning off the water supplies. So like in bombing and, and telling people, telling people to, to flee mm-hmm. and then bombing the exit. Wow. That's terrible. I mean, like, so that's why like a lot of people are standing with Israel d- simply because of Hamas. Mm-hmm. But like, like we just said, Hamas does not represent all of Palestine in Israel is just as guilty in this whole conflict. And okay. you know, I, I can't take either government side. Right. Me either. And I've always said the same thing about Russia and Ukraine. Yeah, absolutely. I only care yes. about the innocent people um, getting caught up in this and, um, you know, getting drafted to be in this war for Zelensky and yeah. Putin. But absolutely. And I think um, it is very different with Israel because it makes it like it turns it into a religious war. Right. So like mm. all of like the very religious people. Um, that makes them more likely to pick a side. And a lot of people are like, this is the holy war. I mean, we got, oh, was this, what was this last Wednesday or last Saturday or last Sunday? I mean, um, like so many people were calling in like, no, you don't have to worry. This is all God's doing. Like people were making it so religious. Wow. And I'm like, this has nothing to do with the Bible. My God this has nothing that. to do with any holy book. This has nothing to do with religion. This has nothing to do with God. Or maybe it does have something to do with religion, whatever. But this is people being murdered like you cannot justify this with your religion right you can't stop trying to like this is not a good thing and if your god wants this to happen then maybe you know you should take a deeper look at your religion and whether it is so peaceful and so loving right hey daily digestion listeners this is riley blake I enjoy Free Talk Live, and I know you do too, but finding time to listen to an entire episode isn't always easy, so I produce the Daily Digest. I appreciate those of you who have supported me on Patreon and sent Bitcoin to me to thank me for producing these digests. For those who wish to support me on Patreon, visit patreon.com slash crblake86. If you wish to send Bitcoin, visit patreon.com slash crblake86. 86 for those details. That's patreon.com slash crblake86. Thank you. We have Tim from Florida. I'm not sure which one it is because it looks like there's two now. Um, Tim? Yeah, sorry about that. Can you oh, hear it's me? fine. Yep, I can hear you. Okay, yeah, something happened on the other line. I'm not sure. Okay, I'll uh, drop I it. Just wanted to, I just want to follow up that um, so there was a hospital 
in the Gaza Strip that was bombed. And from what I can tell, uh, you know, I think it's the same hospital that's being described in the news segment on the break. And basically the state of Israel is saying that Hamas did it. But everyone in Gaza is saying that Israel did it. And when I say that, I'm just saying that that people like on Twitter and stuff, you know, uploading Mm. video feeds and stuff. And uh, now, uh, you notice I said it's a Baptist hospital. I didn't say it's a Muslim hospital. And I just wanted to draw attention to the fact that, number one, there are Arab Jews that live in Gaza, and there are Arab Christians that live in Gaza. I never really heard that before. Honestly, I didn't know. I just figured they wouldn't live there. They're a small percentage. Hmm. Yeah, they're a very small percentage. And part of the reason is over time they've been driven out um, of of Palestine. Uh, You know, so when I lived in California, for example, um, on my block there was actually a family of Palestinians that owned three businesses. They owned an Italian restaurant, a convenience store, and a hamburger joint. And... Yeah, they're always really nice, and I, if I if I recall, they were they were Christians, not Muslims, you know. But a lot of the Christians uh, that originated in Palestine, they went abroad. Um, so they they just like left and came to America because they were in Palestine and they had to leave. Well, that that's an interesting point. I hadn't really thought much about it because a lot of people, you know, they're like, well, I'm Jewish, so of course I support Israel, but that doesn't really make a lot of sense, does it? If you support a government bombing an area that also has Jews in it. But, I mean, yeah. you just shouldn't support murder. and That's a better place to start from. Well, and another thing is the fact that you have these hostages. And even on, on the uh, news break, that you know, the other day, they were, maybe it was a few days ago, they said uh, uh, basically that Israel was bombing Palestine and they still didn't know where the hostages were. Oh, okay, so you don't know where the hostages are, but you're, you're carpet bombing Palestine. Wow, that's that's really smart. Yeah, that doesn't make sense. See, honestly, it's a little hard for me to keep up with every single detail of this because I, I don't feel even like want to. A lot of it could just be like fake stuff that's uh, you know intended to get people angry. I hate yeah. to say it, but it happens. The propaganda, well, yeah. that's yeah. war propaganda yeah. is absolutely yep. real, and um, we're even seeing a lot of that. I mean, like it's like the ghost of Kiev in Ukraine that yeah. was fake. But even like as simple as just like. People posting stuff on Facebook and, you know, like you're changing your like how people were changing their profile pictures to like the Ukrainian flag. Like who was the first person to do that? Does anybody know? Because thousands of people were doing it. Right. So like Hmm. somebody and and to me, like, I don't want to be like, everything's a conspiracy, but it really does feel that way. Well, there are. I mean, I mean, there. Yeah. I mean, and a lot of this stuff is proven. And again, going back to like what we were talking about in the very first segment of the show where um, there's the real truth and then there's what you believe and your biases. And um, if you try to get to the root of the real truth, like are there bots on Facebook? Are Is this, you know, is the Ukrainian flag profile picture? Is that, uh, you know, is, is supporting this one side? Is that all war propaganda? If you try to dive into that and get to the root of that and the truth, people will be like, oh, no, you can't go against the narrative. Right. You're a racist or you're this or you're that. It's you know, we're going to ostracize you because you don't believe in what we're believing in. You know. Well, it's weird, too, because it's like a trend. Yeah. Like people post this picture like Becky, who's selling Sensi on Facebook <laughs> and just posting silly TikToks. You don't care. Yeah, d- yeah don't pretend like you this? care. Yeah, exactly. But they have to but or it's else. trendy or else, you know, you'll, yeah. you'll be looked at like you're not part of the group anymore. Yeah. Or the Black Lives Matter thing. I mean, like, there's all like oh, all of those things 
where like especially if you are a business owner, a small like any 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 you know anything, um, if you didn't change your profile to like the black they they did mm-hmm. a, a black um Post square black square for on Instagram day, yeah. or whatever, or if you don't have if you don't say that you're an anti racist in your profile, people will boycott you and you will get canceled and it happens to like random people you're not virtue signaling hard enough yeah exactly so yeah. and it's and it's almost difficult to even know it's like randomly selected like which celebrity is going to be canceled for something they said 10 years ago today i'm gonna get into this reason article that makes me question if freedom of speech is even still a thing Um, This is from Reason.com. It says, Iowa man files a lawsuit after being arrested twice for criticizing the police at a public meeting. And he says, ironically, the actions of the police department have only proven my point. Says officials in a small Iowa town twice arrested a young man for criticizing the police department and saying it violates people's civil rights. Now the town is facing a lawsuit for violating his civil rights, which is... I'm glad that that's happening. I hope they lose. In a federal lawsuit filed Thursday in the U.S. District Court of the Southern District of Iowa, Noah Peterson says the town of Newton violated the first, fourth, and 14 amendments when the police chief arrested him for speaking during the public comment period of a city council meeting. Arrested for speaking at a public meeting. Right. It's crazy. Peterson is represented by the Institute for Justice. Oh, we keep talking about them. They're just great. Um, a libertarian-leaning public interest law firm. Quote, the mayor and police chief had Noah arrested, jailed, strip searched, and criminally prosecuted simply because they didn't like what Noah had to say. Unquote. In the lawsuit states. What did they charge him with? That's what I'm wondering. Because, um, like, they said it's for speaking, and I'm sure that that was the reason, but what did they write down as the reason? Right. Because they always have to write something that sounds bad and like right. he actually yeah. did something wrong. Like something legitimate. Quote The suit is filed to vindicate the fundamental right to criticize the government without fear of retaliation and to ensure the constitutional accountability of all government officials. Unquote. Peterson was prompted to speak at an October 3rd, 2022 Newton City Council meeting after the release of body cam footage showed Newton officers arresting a college football player, Taven Galanakis. Galanakis was arrested for driving under the influence despite blowing a 0.0 on a breathalyzer. Oh, that happened to me before. And passing roadside sobriety tests. He was taken to the police station for further drug tests, all of which came back negative before eventually being released. And uh, they'll do that. They'll um, You can blow 0.00 and they will say, yeah, but you smell like alcohol. So we're going to have yeah. to take you in. And they're just lying. Yeah. You know? And that's why I had an attorney who specializes in DUIs say to me, and he also uh, has a history as a state trooper. So mm-hmm. he's been on both sides of this. Um, and the advice he gave to me was if you ever get pulled over whether you, even if you think you're sober, never, ever, ever, ever blow in a breathalyzer, because especially if you've been drinking, I mean, that's just like evidence against you. Hmm. And even if you haven't, even if you think you're going to blow a zero, I mean, they misconstrue everything. So it's like the same thing. It's like, don't talk to cops. You know, if anyone's if, if somebody's coming at you, even even like not even just cops, like if anyone who is trying to build a case against you, essentially. So especially cops. Yeah. Just don't say anything.
this guy, his name is Noah Peterson. He was speaking out against the police and saying that they violate people's civil rights in um, a a town meeting. So it says, Peterson approached the microphone and said, Hello, this is my public comment for the city council meeting. Now October 3rd, 2022. Defund Newton Police Department. They are a violent civil and human rights violating organization who do not make your community safer. They are also pro-domestic abuse because they are currently employing a domestic abuser and choosing not to release the records about that domestic abuser. Wow. That seems to be something that the cops will go after you for if you um, tell the public about their, you know, beating their wives, which happens um, at a 40 or more percent rate in the United States. Um, That's facts. That's fact. Um, in the police in the police profession. At that point, the Newton mayor ordered Peterson to stop talking, although his allotted three minutes of time had not expired. That's the most up. When Peterson refused, the mayor ordered the police chief to remove Peterson for violating a council rule forbidding derogatory statements or comments about any individual. That's so stupid. It's not derogatory to tell the town that they're employing a domestic abuser. Right. The truth isn't derogatory. Right. It's not like he went up there and said that they're idiots. Wow. Which they are. But, <laughs> and that's actually also a fact. So, yeah, <laughs> that is the truth. Fact. That is the truth. <laughs> Peterson was handcuffed, arrested and jailed until his parents could post bond for him. He returned to the next city council meeting to speak during the public comment period and was once again arrested after calling the police chief and mayor fascists. That's awesome. also facts. Yeah. I mean, okay. this guy is, you know, based. So this is a city council rule. Right, and yeah. not a law. Right. So but he's what law arrested. did he break to yeah. get arrested? Probably none, because you can really say anything you want. I mean, and that's the thing, like the rules, it's like, okay, well, I mean, I will have to read the rest of the story, but I guess if they're like, you're breaking the rules, you got to go. That's, and then yeah, they but escorted that's not the same him. as arresting him. Like, they took it him. doesn't say that he fought them. It's just they but, escorted him out. I'm wondering what, maybe it will come up with what it is. Refusing to leave and trespassing? I have no clue. I guess. Um, Yeah, it could be a trespass. But that's, yeah, I don't know. Oh, it's right here. It says, Peterson was charged both times with disorderly conduct for disrupting a lawful assembly. Oh my God, give me a break. (laughs) Because he broke the rules. That's the most common, um, you know, arrest for nothing. Because you can, um, yeah, exactly. Because it's, um, conduct, all hmm. of those. Yeah. It's completely... You know, you can just make it say up. anything. Make it up, that, yeah, basically. exactly. You said like, a thing I didn't like. Yeah, well, yeah, disorderly conduct. Right. Seriously. Yeah. However, as reasons Emma Camp reported in February, those charges did not sit stick. Last Wednesday, Peterson. Uh, this is a quote from Emma Camp. Her article with reason from February it says, "Last Wednesday, Peterson was found not guilty of his disorderly conduct charge, adding to his victory. The judge overturned the rule barring." derogatory statements about individuals during the city council meetings. That's awesome. As applied in this particular instance, the Newton City Council rule is violative of the First Amendment, the verdict states. Peterson did not act in any objectively unreasonable manner, the judge added. He read a prepared statement relating to the basic city service of policing. While some may not agree with the content of his comments, the court finds the statement made Statements made were not derogatory, nor about an individual. In the event, the state in the event the statements could be found derogatory or a comment about an individual, the court finds these terms vague and overbroad. So, yeah, he won that back in February. Good. 
But it says, Peterson says, the entire mess shows why he stepped up to the podium in the first place. Absolutely. Yeah, this totally made his point. Yeah, exactly. Uh, quote, ironically, the actions of the police department have only proven my point. Um, my initial criticism was about the way they treat citizens in our community. They arrested me for exercising my right to free speech, for standing up for what I believe is right. Their reaction to my criticism was a clear demonstration of the very issue I was trying to highlight. Their actions underscore the urgent need for the very reforms I was advocating for. Unquote. Newton officials simply do not appear to take criticism well. As reasons Emma Camp reported earlier this month, the two Newton police officers who arrested Galanakis have since filed a defamation suit against him for publishing the body cam footage of his own arrest. This is uh, similar to what's happening to our friend Press H Now on YouTube. He released the body cam footage for that was in discovery in his own case, mm-hmm. and um, the cops tried to get a restraining order against him, saying that they were what? it was threatening or something like that. So stupid. Their, their own actions were yeah. threatening. Aren't they performing a public service? Right. Yeah. It, it's crazy. And apparently, there is a dumb law that kind of um, an RSA is what they call it in New Hampshire that was kind of um, making it sound like it was illegal to post it. So. It was so weird. The judge ordered that not that he take down the video off his YouTube, but he, that he not post any more of it. it. It's like that is I think he, he did everything get, about that. So dumb. Like right. he doesn't and that like the judge there. He's like, I actually don't want to get like into it. So I'm not right. going to make you take it down, but I'm going to tell you not to do any more. He should post the rest a of it. A lot of times yeah. like, when you're doing something that is technically illegal, but it's stupid that it's illegal. The cops like won't arrest you for it because they don't want you to have a case and overturn the law. If your husband is abusing you, you can't just be like, oh, the cops said to stop abusing me. The uh, the authorities said that you can't abuse me anymore. No, you have to leave him. You have to go far away. You can't have abusers stop being abusive, right? Same thing with the U.S. government. These people are abusive. You can't reason with terrorists. Yep. You know, it's just like, that's not terrorists. how it works. Well, I want to get into why this guy or how this guy ended up um, winning his lawsuit or maybe the lawsuit's going on. It says um, Newton officials simply do not appear to take criticism well um, because they brought a defamation suit against him, the guy, for publishing the body cam footage of his own arrest, as well as claims he made about the officers on social media. A judge tossed out most of those defamation claims. The right to criticize police, even though vulgarities and rude, I mean, sorry, even through vulgarities and rude gestures, is firmly enshrined in the First Amendment. As Supreme Court Justice William J. Brennan Jr. wrote in 1987 in a ruling striking down a Houston ordinance that made it unlawful to oppose or interrupt a police officer, um, quote, the freedom of individuals verbally to oppose or challenge the police action or to oppose or challenge police action without thereby risking arrest is one of the principal characteristics by which we distinguish a free nation from a police state. Wow. Um, Peterson's lawsuit is seeking compensatory and punitive damages, as well as a judgment declaring Newton's derogatory comments rule unconstitutional. Uh, I thought that they kind of already said that they did that. Well, I guess just a, a, a judgment saying even further, not just that they have to get rid of that rule, but that it's unconstitutional, I guess. 
Um, by ordering their opponents arrests, arrested, Newton's officials behaved like petty dictators in a banana republic rather than democratically elected leaders in a constitutional republic, Institute for Justice attorney Brian Morris said. Anyone with a high school diploma should know that having your political opponents arrested is a textbook opponent or example of violating someone's First Amendment rights, and we're confident that the courts will agree. Attorneys for the town of Newton did not immediately respond for a request for comments. Of course they didn't, because they're pretty freaking in the wrong here. Mm-hmm. Um, anyways, that's the story about the man who was arrested for exercising his um, freedom of speech just because it went against... Um, cops, because he spoke out against cops in his town. We also have a story from the Minnesota Reformer, minnesotareformer.com. Small business owners say they're pressured to hire off-duty MPD cops for security. So um, Minneapolis, I think it is, Minneapolis Police Department, says the city is considering challenging a 1997 injunction limiting city control of officers' side gig security gigs. So the, I think this means that the city wants to get rid of this law, and it, when they do, they'll be able to control more people and make them hire off-duty officers for their security gigs, hmm. and which is crazy. I didn't think this was like a thing happening in America, but apparently it is. Not surprised. Says when Maya Santa Maria was opening a Minneapolis club in 2003, a city worker handed her a card from a Minneapolis police officer and said, You're going to work with this guy. To get a business license, a licensing employee told her she had to hire a certain number of off duty Minneapolis police officers to provide security. Why? Quote, because they're racist and we're Mexican, Santa Maria said. Oh, wow. They didn't want to let Mexicans have nightclubs. That's what she She just like came right out and said it. Right. Like she did not hold back. It says that's her conclusion after seeing other similar sized white owners owned venues escape the same mandate. Weird. So so this isn't a law then? I'm just so confused about what's going on. Um, so basically, maybe it is um, a mandate in the licensing um, area, but they're just letting some people get away with it. So, okay, so her. if you want a license, okay, so they're kind of, because they can kind of pick and choose who they give a license to. But it gets worse than just having to hire someone. It says, um, she said that it was because they're racist and she's Mexican. Also, I love that she just called them out like that. Yeah. More people need to do that. Say it like it is. Speak your truth. She said that's her conclusion or sorry, the article said that's her conclusion after seeing other similar sized white owned venues escape the same mandate with over a million dollars invested. Santa Maria had little choice. You got to do what they say, she said. Then MPD socked it to me, she said. They started paying or they started out paying the officers 40 to 45 dollars an hour. Always more than one officer per night. Wow. And they didn't just work. One or two hours, they charged a minimum of four hours, no matter how many they actually worked, she said. The pay gradually increased to nearly $60 an hour. What? How, like, how does that even happen, though? Like, it's how crazy. can they just dictate what she has to pay them? It's crazy. You would think we we're in a free country, so I, I just can't even believe this is happening. Yeah. Um, quote, I spent hundreds of thousands of dollars, she said. There were many years I wasn't making it, and they didn't so this give is a for damn. for years? Yeah. 
Oh my gosh. And being a business owner, I mean, it's, it's hard being a business owner and there's a lot of expenses and it should be her decision whether she has security or not. And it's like, okay, well, you know, at first I started off, I thought I needed this really good security. So I was paying these guys $60 an hour, um, but I'm not making as much money now. So now I'm going to hire like some random kid that'll do it for 15. You know what I mean? Like as a business owner, you, you should deserve be able to make that decision. Yeah, like, exactly. It shouldn't be like, oh, um, you know, our price is just going to keep increasing and. Oh, um, sorry. I was um, like thinking of what we would um, talk about next. Sorry. But we um, are going to finish this article here. She says um, that she spent hundreds of thousands of dollars and there were years or t- many years that she wasn't making it. Um, that sounds terrible. Many years, not just like, you know, a year. And they didn't give a damn. Santa Maria was later required to come up with security plans outlining the number of officers needed per night. The officers insist. So they're also like, you know, requiring her specific um, things she has to do, you know, like with her time as a business owner, which they don't have a lot of time. Um, the officers insisted on getting paid cash, she said. This okay, that is sketchy. That really is starting weird. to sound really sketchy now. It sounds like... The mafia. <laughs> no kidding. Have yeah. to hire us for your public or yeah. your private security team, even, even if we're you don't cops, want to. Even if you don't want to, and you have to pay us a specific amount, no matter how much yeah. we work in a specific currency. In a specific currency, cash only, no records. She feared if she didn't oblige, she'd lose her license. Eventually, another officer helped schedule off-duty work. Derek Chauvin. Wow. He worked security at that her club. That sounds familiar. Oh, he's the guy that killed De- George Floyd. Oh, I was like, that name sounds familiar. Yeah. Because that was Minneapolis. Yep. It says another officer. (laughs) The plot thickens. I wonder what that even means that another officer helped schedule off duty work. It says he worked security at her club for 17 years. They were in charge and everybody had to go through them, she said. El Nuevo Rodeo became Minnesota's largest Latino concert venue. And while there were a few brawls. We never were a problem property, Santa Maria said. So it's like they didn't really need this much security, probably. MPD officers would usually sit in their squad cars, fully uniformed, and do crossword puzzles or chat with their girlfriends or spouses. So they're literally... I mean, that's what cops do anyways. Yeah. You know how many times I've like driven past a cop and I'm like, oh, he's passed out in his cruiser? Yeah. I saw a cop in such a weird, funny, like, hiding place, like, um, when... I don't know. I was with Ian, so it, was, it had to be a couple weeks ago before he went to jail for selling Bitcoin. And um, he this cop was like backed up into the forest. Yeah, it, they do. They they get crazy. They'll yeah. So it's funny. like oh my gosh. They but hide yeah, yeah. Because that's how you protect people is by hiding from them. Yeah, with I know. Your um, ghost cruisers. Yeah, and hiding in the woods. Right. The uh, the black on black decals. Mm-hmm. It says sometimes they'd go help MPD with calls, like not even helping her. Um, so she's <laughs> while they're off duty. Um, yeah, while they're off duty and they're being paid by her to protect her club, which she doesn't even want them to do, I guess. Um, That's crazy. So they were gone half the time. They were on my payroll, but they were gone. She said she sold the club in 2019 when Santa Maria saw Chauvin pinning George Floyd on the pavement in the video that shocked the world. She recognized both because Floyd worked as a bouncer inside the club in 2019. I wondered if this was the same club because I'd always heard that they had worked in the same club at one point. Yeah. I didn't know that. It's really weird. So he was the bouncer inside the club. Was, were the cops private security outside? 
just parked outside? I, that's a great question. I I would she, think that they... She said I've they were seen, parked out in their cruiser doing crossword puzzles and talking yeah. to their girlfriends. But if they wanted cops stationed there, shouldn't they just have cops stationed there instead of forcing the business owner yeah. to hire an off-duty cop to sit outside? Yeah. No, it makes no sense at all. Um, it says that El Nuevo Rodeo burned to the ground during the subsequent riots. Oh my God, that's terrible. What? Too. Okay, this is like a wild story. Yeah. Minneapolis is quite the place. That's just really terrible that um, this business that this woman, you so know, that's put why... so much money into. Oh, but did she sell it? I thought, did she sell it or? I hadn't seen that she sold it yet in I this thought point. You, I thought you said um, she sold it in 2019. Oh, or maybe I was confused. No, it says she recognized both because Floyd worked as a bouncer inside the club in 2019. You just heard highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. You can download full episodes, subscribe to our podcast, listen live and more, all for free at freetalklive.com.